Hey, what's up, guys? This is Cyril from The Warm-Up Show. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, make sure you uh, like and subscribe as well so you don't miss any episodes. Um, if you could as well, go on the other social media platforms, so, uh, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and follow The Warm-Up Show. Uh, that'd be amazing. And uh, make sure to share as well with a friend. If you have a friend that's playing soccer, uh, who's a coach, a soccer mom, a soccer dad, anybody who loves soccer will get value out of the show so make sure to share with them and uh, i hope you like it and let's go all right guys this is episode two of the warm-up show with a dear friend of mine paul shario how are you paul I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for being with us today. So uh, I'm really excited to have you on the show because uh, you're a goalkeeper. You're now playing in uh, third division professional football in France. And uh, we've played together for two years when we were in the Academy of Valenciennes. So uh, I really want to focus on the mental aspect into a goalkeeper. What happens during a game, during training, knowing that you're number one or number two. So I think there's a lot to talk about. But first, can you just uh, introduce yourself and tell us where you started playing football and a little bit of your journey and your path to uh, professional football? So, my name is Paul Chariot. I'm from Paris. And I started playing football when I was um, around five or six in the little club of my hometown, Ville d'Avray. And then at the age of 13, I entered in ENF Clairefontaine, mm -hmm. which is a, an, a young academy who I was for three years. And then I've been recruited by uh, the Academy of Valenciennes, where I met you. And then I stayed there for seven years, um, where I ended, it, ended my academy time and then I signed professional. And then I started playing in Division Two, And then after that, I've been transferred to Bastia in League One. Mm -hmm. And after that, I stayed there for six months. I've been um, on a loan in Paris FC. And then uh, I was out of club for six months. And then I found, or probably more, the Red Star, my club for the moment, find me and then I've been there for three years now and I'm very glad to be there and going well warm. yeah going very well so right now Paul is playing for Red Star Football Club and I just saw I don't know if you know it's the second oldest club in France did you know that yeah, of course. And, uh, so you guys now were very close to go uh, up in the division two but uh, because of COVID-19 everything had to stop and uh, hopefully you guys will be back there Uh, next year so there's a lot of stuff that I want to talk about and go in between um, each segment so at first I want to talk about the National Institute of Football in Clairefontaine just so everybody know this is a pre-academy that gathered the 20 best players in the Paris area right yeah. and you're coached by top play, uh, top coaches sorry and you have basically a uh, I'm not sure about the percentage, but a lot of players from the French national team and from players playing in the, in the French league or even in England 
coming from there. And your coach back then, Jean-Claude Lafargue, is actually my supervisor now at the French yeah. Academy. Can you just tell us a quick word about him? Because I, I think he's a great coach and a great well, person. So there were three different coaches at the time for the three different um, uh, ages of player. Mm -hmm. And we all thought that Jean-Claude was the best one because he was a friendly one. We weren't scared of him, but we did respect him a lot. And we trained hard. It was a good time. I know this academy guy is the top of the top. So after this, basically, we'll say 15 to all the 20 players signed into uh, pro academies. And that's when you went to Valenciennes Football Club. We were a, a club in League One. And that's where we met because I was playing there already. And, um, and so what was, um, how was being a goalkeeper in, in an academy? Well, what did you feel? Because you have between two years, uh, two years difference, you have five or six goalkeepers fighting for one or two spots. So it's, it's very difficult. I remember, guys, seeing you on the other side of the field just really going through a lot because that coach was a name, Karim. Yeah, Karim Boukou. Karim Boukou. Guys, this coach was... Insane. I don't know if you had coach like this uh, after we were like crazier, but well, he used to just yell all the time. It was he was kind of crazy, but it was very very kind at the same time, and he just wanted the best for us, and he tried to um, to take everything he could from us, and we took everything we could from him, and this is how it works on the goalkeeper spirit, kind of. So you guys have almost like a, a little team inside the team, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, it is a little team inside the big team. And at the same time, there is competition between us because, as you said, uh, sometimes there is two or three goalkeepers for only one team. So there is only one goalkeeper who will play. Yeah. So it's, it's very different from every year, every goalkeeper you can train with because it will totally depend on the, the personality of the goalkeeper. If he wants to be nice or if he wants to be a little bit nasty, you have to adapt yourself from that kind of person. Yeah. But the only thing that matters to me is just to work hard. And the only thing that pays work. So as long as you work, sometimes you'll have success. Mm -hmm. So... When you arrived in Valenciennes at 16 years old, you, did they tell you right away you will be number one? So they told me that I would be number one for the U17 team. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, okay. I was a bit dis disappointed. But they did that on purpose because they wanted to see if I was going to say, well, I want to play with the U19. Mm -hmm. So from, from that, I knew that I was going to play with my own age team, the U17, but I knew that they wanted me to go for the U19. And this is how it worked all the way from my beginning in Valenciennes to the end where I left. I always had a purpose and a step a little bit higher to reach. Mm -hmm. And this is how they trained me. Because if you, how to say that, if you are okay with your position and you don't keep on moving forward, yeah. you're going backward. So, totally, totally agree. My question is this: Did they explain to you 
that what they were doing, it was to also build your confidence and build your mental. Did anybody really like take the time to sit down and to say, listen, you're going to play with a U17, knowing that you should play in U19 and, and that's the goal that you have to reach. We want to keep on pushing you to, to work hard and practice. Did they tell you that or you kind of had to figure it out on your own? Um, it's kind of uh, different for us goalkeeper because we talk uh, very often with our own coach and we're very close to him because we're only maybe four or five goalkeeper training with him. Yeah. Um, so Karim was a coach very open and you could go talk with him anytime and it would be very... Um, very um, like franc, uh, yeah, honest, yeah, very was. honest with you and with the situation you're in. So you could talk freely with him, but he will not always tell you what they would expect from you because you have to figure it out on your own and you have to show it to them without them asking you to do it. Okay. I mean, if you're there anyway, it's because you all have the same objective and the same goal is to be pro. So they kind of know. But my question was really this is, does it take time to sit down with you and, and to say after a, bad, after a bad game, like, this is what you messed up, this is what you should have done? Is there, and, and I feel like for goalkeepers, because it's such a small community, you, there's a really good relationship with the coach. Because my problem is this, and this is also why I'm doing this show, is because I think that every single academy should have a mental coach to talk to the players. And it's not there. It's not there. Maybe for a few of them, uh, I know now it's starting to be there, but at our time, it wasn't there. And uh, for players, it's a lot different because if you remember, um, you have three players who signed a, a pre-aspirant uh, contract, okay, where you start making money, and then you have 18 guys who are like envious and just a little jealous of you. And, and this, you have nobody to talk to about. You can go talk to your coach for me. It's not, it's not this kind of relationship, but for goalkeepers, at the same time, you're all very competitive with each other, but at the same time, you also have this, uh, this relationship that I think is different. So you played there for a couple of years and then you went up to a U19 and then reserve team. You yeah. signed the other contract. You, you signed stagiaire mm -hmm. before professional? Yeah. Two so, years. Yeah. yeah, stagiaire is two years. It's... Uh, if you translate, it means intern, but it's literally the last step before signing professional. And then, um, and then you, st you, play, you, you start professional, you sign professional. What happened when you signed? Like, obviously a lot of pride and all of this, but what did they say on, a, on the football side? Uh, what was going to happen? Well, um, I was going to be the third goalkeeper of the first team, and we were on division one. Um, the year before I signed professional, I was already on the professional team and I was already the third goalkeeper. So it was a smooth uh, move up to professional contract. The transition. I, yeah. I knew already all the players on the team, um, all the goalkeeper also. So they told me that I was going to be third goalkeeper and I would, I would play with the reserve team and they would try to make me the next first goalkeeper of Valenciennes. But for the moment, I needed to train more, to work harder, and to learn, basically. And how did you feel when you learned this? Was you, were well, you okay with it? 
were you understanding? I knew that it was going to be like this, so I wasn't surprised that they would tell me that, especially because back at the time, Nicola Pinto was there for maybe seven or eight years, and he was very good. He was a great goalie. So, yeah. um, if you're honest, you, you're like, well, he's good, he's playing, that's mm -hmm. right. And so, but even, even though, um, I think that at this time, I knew that maybe the step if I was playing in Division One would be a little bit too higher for me, too high for me. And so I was very happy to be able to stay in the club I was for five years. And then I was happy to work with great goalkeepers. And I knew that even though I would still play with the reserve team for the second years, for the second year, um, I would improve my skills. Mm -hmm. So I was happy about that. And at the same time, I was wondering, well, they tell me that they want, to, they want me to be the first goalkeeper in the next few years. So uh, it's up to me. Mm -hmm. It's up to me to be as good as they want me to be. So that was the purpose I had at this time. And so, and so now you do your, your two years. And, uh, and, and what happens next? So the first year... Or when I signed professional, we went down to second league, Division Two. And so Nicola Pinto uh, went to another club, mm -hmm. and I started the Division Two season as the second goalkeeper. And when I started this season, uh, I wanted to play, mm -hmm. and I I knew that I would be number two because there was another goalkeeper a little bit older than me, with more experience. And in that kind of situation, the goalkeeper position um, is very important to give confidence to the team. And maybe they thought that putting a young goalkeeper mm -hmm. uh, would not make it. That so I studied... Sorry, sorry, sorry yeah. no, I keep on going. That makes, that makes kind of sense. But with that, that second goalie was... Uh, so he was sec that goalie that was now number one, he was the number two back then? Yeah. Okay, so it's just like moving up the rank, which is fair. Exactly. Um, but after maybe four or five games, uh, the new head coach, Kazuni, mm -hmm. uh, wasn't happy about him. And I learned from TV that the club was looking for another goalkeeper. And I wasn't aware of this. And I remember it pissed me off. Mm -hmm. Because I thought that if the number one would not fit, then they would give me a chance to prove yeah. myself. And so I had a really honest talk with the coach back at the time. And he told me right in the eye, like, okay, Paul, you're very good. You're the future of the team. But right now we're in a difficult position and we need uh, a goalkeeper that would be able to play the the whole season and I'm not sure that you would be able to be uh, at your top level during the whole season. Okay. So he told me the next game you're going to play and that would be my first professional game ever. And he told me next game you're going to play and if you're good, you're keeping the number two position as goalkeeper. And that's what happened. I played the next game. We won. It was away in Auxerre. Uh, we haven't won there for maybe six months. I mean, away 
We didn't win away game for six months. We won, and I did a pretty good game. So I kept the second position um, as goalkeeper. And then the goalkeeper who came uh, was like 38. Uh, so very, a lot of experience. And so he gave me um, a, a lot during those time, during that time. And sadly for him, during February, he got injured. And so I had the opportunity to play. And so basically from February to the end of the season, I played the whole time. So it was great. This is, this is also what you have to do when you're an athlete and you want to play. You cannot feel any type of emotion for, for whatever happens to the player who's playing in front of you because you got exactly. to take your opportunity and make, it, make the best out of it. So but you can, you can uh, even if you can't feel anything to the other player, mm-hmm. you can be sad for him but at the same time it's a good opportunity for you so you have to take it and sometimes the player between them are a little bit nasty that was said before and this is not something that i think is good for both of the player because if you're a little bit too nasty yeah someday will blow back on you oh karma for sure yeah so um, and now, and now you just uh, you finished a, almost a full season in Division Two in France. Yeah. And um, and what happens next after that? Well, something nasty. Um, basically, the the head coach and the president at the time told me that they were very happy about me, and that they will um, they will. Um, they, wa- they will want me to sign another two years contract mm-hmm. and that the next season I will start as the first position goalkeeper, as the first goalkeeper. So I was very happy about that. But then the holiday came and the preseason came and nothing happened really. And two weeks before the regular season starts, they recruited another goalkeeper and they told me, well then, you're going to be number two. He's going to be number one. And did you, did you now? Now looking back at it, because we we can always see better when a few years yeah. later. How was your preseason? Did you perform? Were you good, or do you think it was? I think that my preseason was good, but maybe not that good. And and the the the, the end of the last season that you did, were you? How was, it was good. I was, okay. I, I think because, so, at, during February, I started to play because the other goalkeeper was injured. And then maybe um, 10, seven to eight games before the end of the season, he replayed maybe two games. Mm-hmm. And then the head coach decided not to let him play and to let me play. Mm-hmm. And so I finished the season and I was a couple times on the best team of the week or stuff sure. like this. And my, my head coach was very happy about my uh, performance. And so I think, that I, I, I think that I did a great year that year. And I wasn't surprised at the end of the season when they told me, we want you to resign and we want you to be the first goalkeeper next season. 
So that was not totally justified, the fact that they bring somebody else. Besides the well, first, yeah, besides the fact that it wasn't very fair, it was not honest at all. Yeah. And, and this is something that surprised you when it happens at first, but now again, looking back at it, isn't it the professional world? Totally. Just it is. It is. Sadly, yeah. it is. 80% of the time, and when you get lucky during those 20%, mm -hmm. uh, you find honest and kind uh, people. And when I'm saying kind, it's not soft people, it's hard people. But you can be hard and just tell the truth. That's you know? Yeah, totally. Because that's what happens, because I know you're more about the rest. Then you're going to Bastia. Yeah. Uh, so this is a Division II uh, team. Oh, no, they were in League 1. Division 1. They were in yeah. League 1. And uh, and kind of the same thing happens again. Yeah. So they they recruited me, saying that I was going to be number two. And at the time, I was thinking, well, um, if I have to be number two, I would rather be number two in Division One than in Division Two. Mm -hmm. So I went to Bastia, and I realized a couple of weeks after I arrived that we we were going to be uh two number two goalkeepers okay but when i arrived the other goalkeeper was injured and this is why uh they recruited me very fast at the time but then when he came back from his injured they told me well then you're going to be uh, two games with us with the professional team and two games with the reserve team and same thing i was like you could have told me. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, yeah, this is sad to hear, but it's also as long as when there's money and results are very important, this kind of thing are, are very uh, very familiar to me because no, all, all the I mean all the professional players told me about it, and I'm not surprised to hear that anymore. And coming for a goalkeeper, it might be even more often than for a normal player because. You cannot switch with the, you know, you can have a player who can play different positions on the field. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Before a goalkeeper, you either have to recruit or you have to um, get somebody from the youth that they don't do that much. Um, Tela? We are back on. And uh, so now, where were we? You were going to Bastia and same thing happened. We were just talking about how uh, the professional world might be not as good as it seems uh, from the outside. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to be like uh, no complaints or stuff like that. It's just facts. And you just learn the hardware sometimes, how it can be, even though during years and years, uh, Older people will tell you, this is how it works, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you're young, you think you're different. 
and things are going to be different for you, but it isn't sometimes. So it makes you tougher, I think. And it's good because you have to be in this world if you want to succeed. And this is, uh, this is also where the mental toughness is, uh, is entering into play because if you could have had two options and just said, uh, all right, I'm done with this. And that's what you almost said because I remember you came to New York about that time when you were in between and yeah. uh, talked about uh, you going back into studying and uh, stopping your, your career after playing most of the full season in professional in France, playing D1. And, um, and so now we're here, you're thinking about stopping, you actually go back to school, yeah. online, tra online uh, school, and uh, you try to, you go back to Paris, where, where you're from, you have your family around, you start playing to Paris FC, which is a fourth or fifth division. And now um, it was it was third division at the time, and third. now they are in second division. And then you just signed for uh, Red Star Football Club, and it's going it's going pretty well again. You, like uh, we we've talked about it in the beginning, you were not number one, but you you stay strong and you kept on uh, on going, and you finished number one. Exactly because um, it was tough to to be second goalkeeper in a division one team, mm -hmm. and then. I played one game with the first Division One team, and then six months later, I was out of job, mm -hmm. basically. And, and one year later, I'm signing with the the Red Star, who was on the third division, and I signed as the third goalkeeper on the third division. So it was a step down, but it was the tough part because you have to basically restart from not zero, but Almost. Yeah. And this is the time where you uh, build your mental uh, strength. And you have, you have a purpose, you have a goal, and you want to reach it. And no matter what happens, you just keep on working. And someday it pays, and the day is now. Exactly. And um, so when, when you, you were thinking about actually just stopping your career and just going into school... What made you uh, take the decision of trying again one more time and playing at a lower level? And was it the love of the game? Was it that a fight that you thought you were too young? Was it? Oh, it was. It was a, a good phone call at the right time <laughs> from the president of the Red Star because I was at the time out of club for six months, and I thought that so there is the transfer window during January and then if I didn't find a club at that time I would have tried to find another one during July or August mm -hmm. but if I didn't succeed to find one during July or August I think that I would have stopped and just focus on what would be my next career after football. So you gave yourself an, an extra six months of time and then you were like that's now exactly Exactly, and I, I've I've been lucky because I got an opportunity. And when you're that close from stopping everything, the one thing you want to do since you're five, um, and then you get a chance to do it. Yeah, makes you a, a, a way more hungry than before. Especially because after all those years you spent on the field, and like I've seen you guys train. Goalkeepers training is something, and it's 
is 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 difficult. It's, like I say, it's almost another sport. You guys are there, and and uh, I think it might be even more difficult to become a professional goalkeeper because obviously you only have one spot than uh, than the player. Uh, than the player, sorry. And uh, something that we didn't talk about, and I just want to talk just briefly because I know we have a lot of young uh, young players watching. You actually a world champion. Yes, I am. So you were was it U twenty? U20 during 2013. U20 um, so you just uh, 2013. So you just played. You just started. I uh, know oh you were in a stagiaire pro in Valenciennes. Actually, I signed my professional contract on May. Okay. At the end of my first season as the third goalkeeper of the professional team, but I wasn't professional yet. Okay. So I signed professional on May, and. I, I, uh, and we won the World Cup on July. Yeah, so it tell was, us about that World Cup because obviously Paul is French and uh, tell us who was in that team and who those guys were. Well, an all-star team, as you could say. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the goalkeeper was Alphonse Arola. Who's so you were number two, you were behind uh, Arola. Yeah, and there was a third goalkeeper, Maxime Dupé who is playing in Nantes, actually. And so, well, he belongs to Nantes, but last year he was playing for Clermont, mm-hmm. I think, in Division 2. And there was Alphonse Areola, who's playing in Real Madrid. Uh, so, in defense, we had Kurt Zuma, Chelsea, yeah, uh, Samuel Umtiti, Barcelona, uh, Luca Digne, Barcelona, then Everton now. Um, we had Dimitri Fulquier, Seville in Spain. Okay. Uh, we had Yusuf Sabali, who was in Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Um, the midfield was crazy. We had uh, Jordan Veretout, yeah. La Roma. Roma. Uh, Geoffrey Condogbia, uh, Paul Pogba, mm-hmm. uh, Mario Lemina. This is an awesome. Yeah, and we had Axel Ngondo also is playing with the Osa now in Division Two. Yeah, um, and in offense we had um, Yaya Sanogo who was in Arsenal at the time. We had Florian Tovin in Marseille now. Uh, we had Alexis Bossetti in El Paso now, but he was in Nice at the time. Uh, we had uh, Jean Christophe Baybeck who was playing for Paris Saint Germain. So you have, you have how many World Cup actual like 2018 World Cup Umtiti? Um, there is Umtiti, Areola, Pogba, Pogba, Tovan, and Tovan. Yeah. Was Zuma there too? No, Zuma wasn't there. No, 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 he wasn't there. No. Wow. And actually, Zuma was playing with us, but he's one year younger than us. Oh, okay. And we had also um, Christopher Julien. Yeah, a very old defender who was playing with the Celtic now. Yeah, I remember I played against him when he was in Auxerre. Yeah, when we played at the tournament was it Montaigu tournament? Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Wow, that was a team. Okay, so I think we have a, a better understanding of what it takes to go there and uh, to to make it pro as a goalkeeper and all the ups and downs that come with it as well as the professional world. So to finish the interview, Paul, I always ask a couple of questions. 
try to answer quick, okay? Um, so question number one, what is your best moment on the football field? Well, the, the World Cup. World Cup, uh, World Cup, yeah. World Cup. And the, the whole World Cup, I mean, even the, the months before, when you kind of get ready with the team, mm -hmm. and then the trip, it was in Turkey, and then the whole adventure. Yeah. What was um, the worst moment in football? It doesn't have to be on the field. It could be outside the field as well. What was the worst thing that mentally really, really hurt you? Well, I think when uh, in Valenciennes, I had to leave because uh, it was too difficult to me to make place for myself. And the president changed and it was quite a hard time. Yeah. The whole club I had the turnover yeah. was, was a bit weird. For seven years you played there? Seven years? Yeah. Seven years, almost eight. And, uh, and last thing, what is the only thing or the, your favorite thing that football brought to you that, any, that nothing else could have done? Huh. Well, I guess I'm, I'm the luckiest man on earth because I'm playing football and this is my job. So just as of now, just being able to live and play your passion. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, the, that's the right, not the right answer, but that's the answer that uh, you should look for if you're a young player and you're trying to play because if, if like nothing can beat the passion that you have and if you keep that passion to play and whatever, whatever it leads you, uh, I think uh, you'll get a, long, you, you get a lot out of it. Listen, Paul, that was, that was great. Thank you so much. This is the end. If you have a, a last word to say to, uh, to the audience, to all the young players or coaches or parents who are watching the, uh, the show, if not. Well, keep on playing. Keep on playing, guys. That's it. All right, guys. Thank you so much and see you next time. Paul, merci beaucoup. Je t'en prie.